This episode of Working Lunch is fueled by Papa John's Pizza. We got a pepperoni pizza on the table. Better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's. Things are looking pretty good for us, but maybe not so much for the former CEO. I think he's doing all right. Yeah. I think he's, he still owns like 15, 20, 25% of the company. Enough. He's going to be fine. You think he's making his rent check every month? I think he's probably doing all right. <laughs> That's right. But, yeah, he, he dipped his toe into, uh, I'm sure there's other things going on, but the public line is he dipped his toe into the political debate and dialogue, and that didn't that didn't end well for him. Got involved in the uh, the NFL kerfuffle, if we will. Kerfuffle. Um, you yeah. love a good Very kerfuffle. Very nice, Frank. It starts you know, off the new year with a kerfuffle. you gotta lead. You got to lead, lead with your good stuff. So I think there were some other developments in the kind of NFL front yeah, over I, the past couple of weeks. I'm glad you brought up the NFL because it gives me an opportunity to congratulate myself for uh, smacking Mr. Kelly Let's down. Let's do the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let funny. you finish. To have your have your day. Yeah, just I just wanted to congratulate myself for uh, smacking <laughs> Mr. Kelly down in the uh, Lion Fantasy Football Champions. Uh, you know, just congratulations to me. I appreciate the uh, the money, now fellas. This, this went down I mean, to the wire, right? Last I, game, last game of the season. But then, uh, you know, it just it was a complete blowout. I mean, I, 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 I kind of felt bad for you at the end of the day. I mean, it's very very Trump like. <laughs> I mean, using the public airwaves to congratulate yourself. Just proud of my skill set, guys. You know, what are you gonna do? Right. Well done. Let's do the show. We need to talk about your flair. I think I'm going to have to go supersize. We need a political revolution. And we will make America great again. From the home office of Align Public Strategies in downtown Orlando, Florida, this is Working Lunch. Coming up on the podcast, our look ahead to 2018 and the political climate around the country affecting entry-level employers. Which states are the hotspots for policy issues that matter most to the restaurant and retail industries? What's next for the Republican-majority agenda in Washington, D.C.? How will states and local governments respond to federal tax reform? And how the conversation over tipped income is escalating? Those stories plus the legislative scorecard. Hi, everybody, and Happy New Year. Welcome to the Working Lunch Podcast. Now, if you're new to the show, this is a podcast produced for employers mostly. Each week, we feature the policy, political, and social issues that affect companies, their workers, and customers. I'm your host, Sean Kelly, and each week, you'll hear from public affairs experts and counselors to business executives, Joe Kefauver, Franklin Coley, and Joe Renzel, who are three of the four partners here at Align Public Strategies. Okay, gentlemen, first show of 2018. It's good to be back. I know all of you had a, a great holiday and a happy new year, and we've got a rare appearance from the bearded Joe Renzel, has made his way south from the bubble. Uh, he has a splint on his pinky after a basketball injury. I think I think that was I think that was I think that was doing player swaps for the fantasy football league. You got to work hard to win, guys. You got to work right. hard to win. With, with, with his right pinky broken, he can barely drink white wine anymore. <laughs> it is rough. It's been good for my health, though. So listen, we had uh, the industries had uh, restaurant and retail industries had kind of a rough uh, close of 2017, specifically in the restaurant industry with all the accusations and. Um, and issues dealing with sexual harassment. Uh, there were some wins in 2017, some losses as well. Um, we don't want to get back into 2017, but let's move forward and look ahead. What are some of the yes. issues? What are some of everyone the, wants to look forward? Yes, we'll sir. What are some of the lingering issues? Um, and and then we'll get into some of the bigger things that uh, are going to come up in the next six months, especially. Um, on the sexual harassment front, that really hasn't gone away. We've seen a recent story in the New York Times that's still going to be in play. 
yeah, it's going to be a constant drumbeat, I would suspect. Um, and who knows for how long. But what we're starting to really see now, we talked about this a little bit before the break. You know, we're uh, a reaction, policymakers' reaction to this issue at the local level and the panic buttons in hotels. That was one reaction. Now we're seeing state legislatures begin to look at this issue as well. And in particular, we're seeing legislation emerge where you know it would the legislation would nullify or pierce NDAs related to sexual harassment settlements related to employment policies that prevent you know talking about these types of issues so i think we're going to continue to see that drumbeat in the coming months and that's going to add more energy to this conversation do you think as that happens, there will be the, the constant drumbeat of more allegations? And, and will the restaurant industry in particular be targeted in some way uh, at the state level? Well, I, restaurant- I don't think I don't I don't know that the industry could be targeted at the state level. But, you know, when you're when you're a, uh, an industry with with small you know, populated by small operators that run very flat, complying with new laws often is tougher for you than it is for a big you know, firm, a big accounting firm or a, a manufacturing plant and so forth. And so, you know, this, this issue is, is going to continue because, to Franklin's point, state legislatures are all, are, are all jumping into the space here. Uh, it's going to get into gender equity space, pay equity space, but certainly these non-disclosure uh, agreements and you know, that, that, you know, people say prevent, you know, people from coming forward. And it's because we, you know, we have half the workforce in our industry, we're going to be in that conversation. Yeah, and, and so cut and paste this comment at the end of every policy conversation, but we're heading into election year. And at the certainly at the federal level, but also at the state level, almost everyone is in the ballot. Not everyone, but, you know, most states hold elections, will hold elections on the same ballot as the federal elections. And so you got a lot of people running for office. And issues that the public are, are tuned into and voters are tuned into, politicians that are going to be on the ballot, they're going to want to stand in front of cameras and be leading on those issues, be perceived as leading on those issues. So an issue like this or any issue that kind of bubbles up in the public conversation, you're going to see elected officials trying to get ahead of that conversation and present a solution. One of the comments that was made on this podcast several times over in 2017 is the fact that there were so many distractions at the federal level specifically coming out of the White House, that made it seem like nothing was getting done. Um, but you've all made the point that there was there were things happening that positively impacted the industry. Sure. You know, we, we, we talked about, you know, the, 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 don't, don't, be, don't be distracted by the logjam in Congress. There's a lot going on at the agency and regulatory level. You know, the DOL, you know, we, we said a, a few weeks ago, you know, we had the whole, you know, Andy Pritzker, you know, Fiasco, no, no other better term for it. You know, it took a while for Acosta to get seated. He was very slow and deliberate about <clears throat> bringing a, a competent staff in. And so, you know, up until the midsummer, there was a lot of empty desks and a lot of empty cubes in the Labor Department. But since, you know, July, August to January 1, that agency was in full throttle and addressing a lot of the issues important to the industry, 80-20, tip pooling, all kinds of things. And so there's a lot of activity 
that's, that has already happened at the agency level, not to mention the NLRB, that's a whole other can of worms, but should still be continuing in 2018. Yeah, I mean, just following up on that NLRB bit, you know, those were some big wins at the end of the year in the last couple weeks. And I don't know if folks expected them or not, but it's something that, you know, is going to trans- translate into, you know, agency victories moving into the next cycle. You've obviously got tax reform from a federal perspective. I think as we look forward, you're going to see that reaction from from blue states in particular, where you're talking about ways they can get around, um, you know, some of the implications of the state and local tax issues. You know, I mean, I think that's going to come into play in terms of budget cycles for some of these states, you know, and how does that affect, you know, the bottom line of operators at the end of the day? I think some of that is, you know, unknown at this stage, um, but it's certainly something that's going to frame the messaging and, and activity of some of these state legislators in 2018. So 2017, agency level, Ton of, a lot of stuff happened that employers would be happy about. Two things I just want to flag. Overtime, joint employer. Those two things alone are, are, were probably worth it to the employer community. You know, everything else. Those are two huge issues that they got, the employer community got favorable outcomes on. Um, and I think they can, in 2018, you know, they're going to, the agencies are going to throttle down. I think we talked earlier, they're going to press their advantage Right now, we have a window when employers can kind of get what they want at the agency level and to some degree out of Congress. And I think you're going to see a lot of this this stuff coming down the pike in 2018. Go Just ahead, one, one other thing. I mean, you know, we talk about kind of 2017, and I know we're looking forward and, you know, the tough time that the restaurant industry had from a, from a public perspective with sexual harassment and stuff. But I think it's important to note, at least in the retail world, you know, you had a relatively successful – holiday season. And, mm. and most of those businesses are focused in on that. If you combine that from a political perspective in terms of some of the additional wins, you know, on top of what Franklin was talking about earlier in the year when you're talking about the swipe fee issues or, you know, debating the border adjustable tax, you know, these were all big heavy wins for for that merchant industry. Um, and they're going to want to capitalize on that moving forward. They're, they're feeling relatively good about themselves, which probably hasn't been the case, you know, over the last half decade or so. As tempting as it is to talk about the Michael Wolff book uh, involving the president and and the access that he had to the White House, uh, it it certainly is consuming a lot of the press coverage um, in in pretty much every publication on all the 24-hour news networks. Uh, But in the midst of that, and Renzel, maybe you can give us some perspective on this, and certainly Joe Keefe, however you can, um, while all that noise is playing out, uh, congressional Republicans have to be looking for their next big agenda item. Do, do we have a sense of what they might be looking at for 2018? I mean, I'll, I'll go first, and I know we'll probably have a debate on this, but, you know, I think they have goals, and, and then there's a difference between what they'll be actually be able to accomplish. And I think, you know, they want to have a platform of discussion that will appeal to their base. Um, I think there's, there's talk of entitlement reform. Um, but I know that, that there's been some dampening of that over, over the last uh, couple weeks. Um, but they're going to want to have a platform that, that can take them into the 2018 midterm cycle. You know, they're riding a high wave from tax reform. I think it's unclear where they'll get to. You know, there's folks that talk about infrastructure. You know, I think that requires a bipartisan effort that's probably not going to be there in an election year. Um, but, you know, it remains to be seen what they can actually accomplish um, leading in, in into, into 2018. Yeah, if, if it, you know, infrastructure's big opportunity was at the beginning of the of, right. of, of last year when, you know, there was an opportunity for him to work with Democrats on this. After the turmoil of the last year, 
And to Joe's point, being an election year, I don't think there's going to be that same hand from, from Democrats that will be necessary to get an infrastructure bill through. So, you know, entitlement up in the air, Mitch McConnell, you know, Paul Ryan's all hot and heavy about entitlement. Mitch McConnell's going, I don't think so. So we don't know what's going to happen there. But they've got to come up with something that because, you know, we're all ADD, you know, the attention span. Tax bill passed in 2017. How big of an issue is that in November of 2018? Who knows? Remains to be seen. Um, so they have, they're going to have to come up with something for the year. Yeah, and I, I think the the dynamics, the from a political standpoint, where you've got you know just the Senate map, you know, doesn't look good for for Democrats. You know, whether or not they can you know harp onto things like taking the high road on some of the sexual harassment issues and, and drive that. Um, whether that works in, in some of these redder states is, remains to be seen. But I think the real action is going to be at the state level and, and kind of governorships and, and those yeah. type of activities because you've got a longer-term play for Democrats, um, you know, that they're going to want to accomplish over the next two to four years. The, the gubernatorial map in, in 2018 is really tough for Republicans because they are at essentially a high-water mark. You know, they, they are overextended. Um, they have won more seats than they should have won. They're at a historic high. So they're going to lose seats. It's a question of, of how many um, and which states. And there's some very important states that are going to have competitive elections. And if you just look across the map, you know, you've got uh, you Illinois, know, Nevada, Nevada, New mm-hmm. Mexico, Illinois, Michigan, um, Maine. You know, you, you start looking at Florida, Ohio. Um, you know, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Kansas, like there are a bunch of states that if there's a wave, Democrats could end up taking a bunch of states that would that are normally toss up or lean Republican. And this is all going to happen right before redistricting. So whoever wins a governor's mansion is going to be in the driver's seat for the redistricting process. And that that'll that will that'll kind of be almost generational. I mean, that will reset things for a long time. Can, Republicans have controlled that process the past couple times. So, and, and, and playing off of that, if you look at where the election performances in 2017 and how Democrats have overperformed, even, you know, historical, same scenario, but those numbers, they've overperformed significantly. If those numbers hold true to 2018, and there's no reason that the chaos in Washington shouldn't help that, if those numbers hold true... That has that's going to flip a lot of state chambers. There are a lot of state chambers that are within 10, 10 vote, ten seats that are going one way or the other. Yeah, you know, and and that has a huge impact on the redistricting process. How much well. does all this affect? <clears throat> excuse me, the rush to get policies done uh, within the next six months, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, uh, do, is is there a rush to get things done? There should be. There should be, but I think at the state level, there's going to be a lot more positioning coming into the cycle. I agree. I I think there's actually going to be less of of outcomes. There's going to be fewer outcomes. Why? Why is that? Um, I I, I think people are are, are nervous. You know, it's a it's a it's a tumultuous electorate right now. They don't want to they don't want to poke the bear if they don't have to. And so I think you're going to see people kind of treading very lightly these legislative sessions on some, especially on some of the big social issues. And and at this at the state level, I will say that. the employer community, but also kind of the Republican Party, if you will, and uh, in, in the right wing of the Republican Party, they've gotten a lot of wins at the state level over the past couple of years. I suspect that, yes, that, that that probably take their foot off the gas a little heading into an election year and 
maybe we'll try to duck and cover and hope that the national wave doesn't wash wash Republican office holders away. So it, it may be a little slower. The employer community may not be able to press its advantage as much as it should this this during this moment of opportunity because folks may be backing off and you know playing a little conservatively in terms of pursuing kind of policy items. And I, and I think on the social on the social side as well. I, I think with you know with, with with the blue team overperforming in traditionally red areas in an election year, I don't think you don't need anything else to kind of fire up Republicans. You know, I don't think you're going to see a lot of bathroom bills right. in these places. Right. I don't think you're going to see, you know, guns in every daycare center type bills, right? I, that, that kind of social rile up the base yeah. type bills. I think, too, on the, you know, that I, I agree that that's probably true on a lot of the social issues. I do think there will be some budget tax policy issues that are, you know, going to come into play. And it'll be very interesting to watch, you know, just as a small example of that, you've got, you know, the Senate president of New Jersey. We've talked about that in the past, about how they've, you know, they've elected a Democrat governor and Christie was the backstop on a lot of those things in the past. You've got a Senate president, you know, that was contemplating a couple months ago a millionaire's tax, you know, moving through the legislature is one of the top priorities. Now he's saying, hold on, you know, we basically fund our entire state off 1% of the population and they could move you know that's a republican talking point so and so how is that going to change so this, the dynamic this is the dominoes states? that fall in the wake of the tax reform bill and what it means in in blue states and um employers there is a political dynamic too but from a policy perspective what employers need to be paying attention to and worrying about in terms of their P L and bottom line is there's going to probably be a tax shift in these blue states and you know those those income taxes at the state level that are no longer deductible from federal taxes, those taxes may go somewhere else. They may be placed in an employer, which may be deductible. You know, they, they, they may be moved somewhere else. And so employers are going to have to stay engaged and pay yeah. attention to those conversations as they play out over the coming months. Yeah, you know, c- common theme that we always have in this office is, you know, for, for every action, there's an opposite new reaction, you know, Isaac Newton, right? And so, yay progress on this side, tax bill, D.C., but there's going to be a reaction out in the states, especially those states that are, that are bearing the brunt of it. And so, to Franklin's point, this is all still in play. It will just come at you from a different geographical area, a different part of the P&L, in a different way. But we still are on on guard on the tax issue. The tax, you, this tax fight is not over. Do you think for, for employers, are the political waters worse or better in 2018 than they were in 2017? It's a good question. I don't. I don't see much remains marginal difference. Yeah. I, it remains to be seen. <laughs> anything could happen in the next I mean, hour. Yeah, you yeah. never know. Yeah, I don't, I don't think anything anything major. Yeah. So are there, I mean, are, are there opportunities to leverage? There's no doubt. There's opportunities across the board. You know the the trouble spots, the places that you worry about things happening, are few as you look across the the political landscape right now. You can see the greatest amount of activity probably. In a place like New Jersey, there's a lot of pent-up energy because Chris, Christie vetoed everything that the labor community pushed through the state legislature. So a place like New Jersey, you're probably going to see a lot of stuff. You're obviously going to see stuff coming out in Washington State and Oregon it's, and California and some of the northeastern states. But that map of where the threats is is relatively small. 
that could change after this next election cycle? I think there are two areas that, that are probably going to be a little different in 2018 and 2017. I don't see the $15 thing being much different. If anything, probably a little less. You know, I don't see the, the paid leave thing. I, I, I think it's going to look a lot like 2017, except for two areas. There's, there is a really quickly, quickly, quickly escalating conversation on tips and the the, the whole model of tipped income and you see what's going on in New York and there's some other places where that conversation is much more prevalent in the last few months of 2017 and escalating in 2018 that we've seen in this industry for a long time. So I think that's one area that will be a little different, but a bigger conversation around tips in, in, the, in the program of tips. And I do think, we, we've said many times, once these um, EOC, SEC disclosures come across, the, 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 the CEO pay issue and the pay discrepancy issue could be much more prevalent than we're, than we're used to in, yeah. in these entry-level employment industries. I, w- I would throw another topic out there that's a little bit different than what we normally focus on in terms of labor policy, you know, that privacy debate and the data privacy. And this probably has more concern from the retail world and, you know, online and shopping habits of consumers and whatnot. But you've got some pretty big pieces uh, moving, and that becomes a platform issue in places like California where, you know, they're debating, you know, who owns your own personal data and how do, how do companies engage in that in an appropriate way from a brand perspective, you know, wanting to have that data, but then at the same time protect that data. You've got Equifax, breaches, you know, those type of things I think will come in play and, and serve a political need for, for some Democrats, certainly, and, and Republicans as well. Um, but I think we'll see some of that coming out of the West Coast. Uh, not, not, not to dismiss what Renzel said at this time. You, you should, at this, you should, at this, you should be really careful just, now. At this actually, moment. Actually I am in the room. Right yeah. 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 But going back to what Joe was saying before you said something, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Whatever it was, you'll yeah. steal it. So much support here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but the, the, the CEO pay issue, the SEC disclosures, um, that's going to be a big reputational issue You know, this year, this spring. But we are we are very likely to see states and municipalities picking up on that and passing their own legislation pegged to that. And we saw a bunch of legislation introduced last year; it didn't go anywhere. But there except is for a Portland, real, except for Portland, you know, which was technically the year before, but enacted last all year. Right, but right. I can just get that right. <laughs> um, but but we're likely to see those bills reintroduced. And this year, and we could actually see them, I think, pass. And, and I, I think there will be a drumbeat around that. That That's one of the issues, I think, that entry-level employers going into this year, that's a trouble spot. There's no good messaging on that. It just it doesn't it's, – it's an issue that does not play well. It really isn't. And, and the important thing for folks to realize with that is that those are sometimes, you know, at least in Portland, they manifest themselves as penalties, right, and taxes. Yeah. Um, and so there's a cost at the end of the day for the operator a in that jurisdiction. Cost in Portland. Um, you know, 10% surtax, you know, potentially as high as 15% surtax. That, that's, that is nothing to sneeze at. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think the, the one other issue that will have a lot of activity in 2018 that might not get a lot of press coverage and might not be in a lot of press clips is this whole, you know, the, the, the modern economy, the emerging economy, the, 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 the gelling of a tax and regulatory and fair play scheme around delivery and, you know, alcohol delivery to your doorstep and food delivery and the, the superhighway of online commerce. I think outside of the retail space, the, the other facets of the entry-level employment space, restaurants in particular, are just totally not involved in this conversation. 
and I think they're going to look up in two years, and, and the rules of the road for the modern economy will have been laid out, the road paved, and then we'll go, how did this happen? Uh, you know, we didn't know this was happening. What can we do about it now? And I, I think this is an emerging issue that people really got to get smart and serious on, or they're going to be locked out in, in a lot of ways. It's time for the legislative scorecard. These are the top items affecting business operators around the country. The legislative scorecard is a little thin this week because obviously everyone was home enjoying the holidays, eating too much food. Um, but it's worth noting that you know we're heading into January. At least 40 states are reconvening their legislatures, probably more, basically all. And do you want, so, do you want to take that call, Franklin? And so, just let it keep ringing. <laughs> It's all right. The, mic, so the mics don't pick that up. So we're gonna have. So we're gonna have a. We'll probably have a flood of legislation issues to talk about in the coming weeks. We do have four top items we want to get to, and let's start with what happened in New York City. Renzel, why don't you get us going there? Yeah. So in kind of true New York City fashion, a little bit behind the scenes, very quickly they moved a, a bill through the City Council that would mandate that employers allow their employees to take up to two unscheduled leave days per year for a personal event. Um, you know, the bill also forbids retaliation and applies potential fines to violators. Uh, bill was quickly transferred to the mayor's desk. We assume he'll sign it. Um, you know, this follows New York City's activity on scheduling stuff uh, earlier last year. So another thing that happened on related to scheduling was in New York. You know, we talked about how they... New York State. New York State, that's right. They talked about how they uh, released some scheduling regs that apply to the retail industry, um, last year, uh, Republicans in the Senate held a hearing recently uh, on those regulations. Uh, heard from you know different sides. Um, you know, Republicans in, in Albany don't necessarily uh, do anything to get the ball across the finish line on this particular issue, um, but you know it's an important step in the process. Let's switch over to healthcare, and there's an update out of the Labor Department, Franklin. Yeah, if the listeners will remember, President Trump announced an executive order that would allow for association health plans to extend across state lines and to offer insurance policies that were cheaper and offered less benefits than is required under ACA. Employers applauded that move, and now the Labor Department um, is going through the rulemaking process and, and allowing for these association health plans. So that is a step in in the right direction um employer community is going to want more flexibility but i think and joe renzo i'm looking at you i think this is another step in a very long process that's going to continue to play out yeah for sure and i think the big thing as you noted is is that this is you know a step to increase competition across state lines for insurance so you know it, it also has the side effect of continuing to destabilize the aca and obamacare insurance markets um, so it's something kind of in a long line of things Trump's trying to do from an executive perspective without the ability to kind of actually pass legislation. Yeah, and employers need to stay tuned. There was also some news on swipe fees, this one coming out of the Ninth Circuit. Yeah, litigation's been ongoing on this. We had a ruling earlier last year, I believe, out of, um, out of New York that was very similar. This is about uh, a merchant's ability to apply a surcharge to a credit card purchase. Um, you know, merchants are saying, you know, it violates the, the credit card rules violate my free speech as a merchant um, to tell a consumer that, you know, there's a surcharge for using the credit card to compensate the merchant for the oftentimes up to 3% uh, swipe fee. So we're still watching it, but it, it might create, um, you know, enough 
enough litigation in, in different circuits to potentially have the Supreme Court pay attention to it, but that's a long time coming. And finally, on this first top items legislative scorecard of the of 2018, let's get to immigration. Joe Kefauver, what's happening in Florida? Yes, every every 20 years in Florida, they go through a process of uh, allowing citizens to review and amend the state constitution. And so we're in that process now, and uh, a lot of issues are being vetted by the State Constitutional Review Commission, one of which, uh, if passed and approved by the the commission, would put uh, a ballot measure up before the voters to basically mandate that all employers follow uh, the federal E-Verify system. That would be a huge, huge uh, turn of events, uh, you know, obviously for the state, for employers, and could set some trends nationally. So that's a big deal. You know, if that were to make it to the ballot, um, even though we have a supermajority, you need 60% to pass a constitutional amendment, I could see that very easily passing in the state of Florida. All right. That is a solid first look ahead at what's going to be happening. Joe Renzel, it's been nice having you here in Orlando. I really enjoyed it, Sean. Thank you. Uh, Before we go, we do want to talk about New Year's resolutions. Um, And I just want to say mine was to eat healthier foods uh, within the first hour of being here at Align. I had a Dunkin' Donut uh, and a slice of Papa John's pizza. So we're we're off to a good start. I thought that was healthy. Franklin, how about you? New Year's resolutions? Uh, you know, I'd, I live the way I want to live. There's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing that needs to be changed. I guess if I had one New Year's resolution, it would be to um, oppose and or disobey any resolutions put forward by Mr. Kefauver. But that, that, that would be it. Mine was good. That's a preemptive strike. <laughs> yes. Well, well played. Mine was going to be be nicer to Franklin, but um, <laughs> you know, about nine yeah, fifteen you know, or so that that I decided to stop that. <laughs> Joe Kefauver, you're I, last. I was going to try to be nicer to Franklin, but I've gotten over that too. Fail <laughs> resolutions. So <laughs> <laughs> that's all for this show. We'll talk to you again next week.